fellow hoteliers out there, and welcome to episode 190 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and today I'm joined on this ship in the hotel marketing ocean by Melissa Cavanaugh. Howdy ho! And of course, Phil Fariska. Welcome back, everybody. Well, cool. We've got a big, big announcement today that we've been holding off of and waiting and waiting and waiting to tell of our listeners, but today we can finally do that. Drum roll, please. But we can't tell them yet. You know why? Oh. I got to tell you what we're talking about today. So we have one massive newsaroo, followed by a really cool discussion with Melissa about the hotel conversion funnel. So we're going to dive into all that good stuff. And you can find the notes on our website in the podcast section and by clicking on episode 190. But before we do that, we have to jump into the newsaroos. It's hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for newsaroos. Very nice. So this newsaroo comes to us from Travel Boom Marketing slash blog slash Fuel Travel Marketing Services has become Travel Boom. What? what? Yeah, so I'm not sure who Travel Boom is, but uh, we, we saw this press release there and apparently it's talking about all of us right here we are them they are us we are so yeah so today is the big day that we're announcing some major changes and most people most of our listeners and clients know that we've always offered both software services and marketing services to independent hoteliers you know around the world while on the podcast we really only focus on the marketing services we do offer, obviously, the, the fuel booking engine, greatest booking engine in the world, mobile app and digital key, CRM systems, and all that good stuff. Well, what we've realized is it can cause some confusion and a little bit of misunderstanding from clients and, and new customers. So what we've decided to do as of today, which is the 7th of June, we are splitting the company right down the middle, like Samson's baby, you might say. But I don't know if that's a, a good one. I don't know what that is. I'm not get your reference. Oh, you guys don't know that one? No. <clears throat> okay, so so it's a, it's a poor reference, but anyway, so Samson was you know, a great leader in biblical times, and he had two women who were fighting over the baby. Each mom said that this baby is mine, and the other lady would say this baby is mine as well. So Samson said, okay, we'll simply split the baby down the middle and you can each have half. Well, the real mother said, no, stop, don't do that. She can have her. And then Samson realized what, who the real true mother was and she, she got the, the baby. So I don't think that applies here at all, but it's, it's a great time for a little biblical lesson. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Pastor Pete. <laughs> All right. So that has nothing to do with the fact that Travel Boom and Fuel Travel are being divided. So what that means is Travel Boom, which is T-R-A-V-E-L, capital B-O-O-M, all one word, is the new company that's going to be doing all of the marketing services that Fuel Travel used to do, including the podcast that you're listening to right now. So that's the big change. So, so moving forward, 
it's going to give us a chance to rebrand and really focus our efforts completely on hotel marketing from the marketing aspect and not so much from the software side. We're going to be able to roll out some additional services from brand strategy, content marketing, research, reputation management, all kinds of different things that we typically don't offer now that are in the marketing realm. We'll be able to dive into that more aggressively, which is great. Now that's going to be on top of SEO, PPC, paid marketing, and everything else that we're already doing for analytics, which is our episode today. Which hey, is our episode today? Super cool and weird. What's that? So this is episode one ninety, but in numerology, one ninety. If you add up one and nine equals ten, which is actually one. This oh is episode God. one. Oh wow. my gosh. I did not Your know that. Your mind just get blown. It Completely has. blown. So it's well safe done. to say welcome to episode one of the Travel Boom Hotel Marketing Podcast. That's right. That's insane. So, yeah, so, so one of the things that the reasons that we're doing this, and it, one, it makes a lot of sense, but yeah, I wanted to share a quote from Scott Brandon, who is our COO. And we can read this to you. This is kind of the quote that we have in the press release. And he says that we've seen phenomenal growth in demand for both our software and marketing services. Though over the past few years, it's become clear that selling software solutions and marketing services under one brand creates some confusion amongst our potential clients and customers. And therefore, we think now is the time to separate the companies to provide clarity and focus on growth objectives. So, you know, from Scott's mouth to, to your ears, that's exactly what we're looking to do. And I think it's going to be really exciting. It's very cool. But here's the question. Let's use Austin Powers' words and say, but Basil, what does it all mean? <laughs> if you're an Austin Powers fan, at least. Pete, your English accent is priceless. It's, it's way better than I think Stuart's ever was. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's a couple of things that what it actually means to our clients and to the listeners. Number one is the Hotel Marketing Podcast is now being brought to you by Travel Boom. So you actually may have, if you've picked up on this for the past month or two, we've been calling it the Hotel Marketing Podcast and not the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. That was a little precursor and a foreshadowing event that hopefully some, someone or another person picked up on. So that's number one. Number two is our happy clients will still be happy clients. But they're just going to start getting invoices from Travel Boom instead of Fuel. So that's a very minor change, and we've worked with all of our clients, so they're on board with that. So if you want to connect with us, and this is where it's going to become a bigger deal for, for the podcast and everything else, you want to use info at travelboommarketing.com, or you can visit our brand new website at travelboommarketing.com. So that's exciting. We have a brand new website. We're going to be putting a lot more effort into content development and tools to help hoteliers just like you to do a better job marketing your properties. Uh, now, we're still going to be very close with the colleagues at Fuel. While we're separate companies now, we are still sharing same physical locations. So it's very easy for us to go to another office and, and share information back and forth. So... You know, from a software support perspective, we can still help our clients, but they are going to have their own contacts on the fuel travel side and their own contacts on the travel boom side. But here's the biggest problem that we have. Are you guys ready for this? 
Pretty. We liked being called fumigans. Can't yeah. anymore. This is uh, this is a point of contention because yeah, I... now we're all now we're all fighting over. Well, we're you know, what are we? We, we were the we were the merry band of fumigans, and now it's there's there it's split. We we've heard heard a few suggestions, and. No, we, we'd like to hear from our listeners. What what do you think we should be called? We have a few out there. And by God, don't call us boomers. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't confirmed it yet. But if you do call us boomers, I think there's a way I can unsubscribe you from the podcast. <laughs> and you'll be blacklisted and no longer able to, to listen to our shenanigans, Tom Fullerillery, or even hotel marketing tips and tools. Huh? All right, so the, la- the last thing. What did you say, Melissa? I was going to say, so are we going to get on with the tips and tools, or are we still uh, going to hash out the Fuligan name? No, we got to talk about it for about 30 or 45 more minutes. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Actually, I have one last thing to talk about, and that is if you want to follow us, and this is very important that you do so because if you want to keep up, you, you need to do so. We're on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.com slash company slash travel boom marketing on Twitter at underscore travel boom and on Facebook at travel boom marketing. We're going to be in all those places. Obviously we'll still be, you know, joining in on clubhouses and promoting us ourselves there. But the, the big takeaway is if you want to learn more about us, make sure you follow us, make sure you check out travelboommarketing.com or travelboommarketing.com slash podcast, and you'll be all up to speed. And that's all. That's what it means. Ta-da! Ta-da! That was your. That was your big newsaroo. That that was the newsaroo of all newsaroos. But we are now ready to dive into what's actually very important and what what everyone came for. Right. Everybody's you know, had to stick through the the first part and dive right into the hotel conversion funnel. And Melissa's going to tell us how to de- deconstruct it. They don't care what we're called. Melissa, tell us what we should be doing. (laughs) Oh, goodness. We've spent a good bit of time in recent months talking about goals and conversion rates on various things, but we really haven't talked about the entire funnel from start to finish in a really long time. So I thought maybe since we're on episode one, maybe it's time to go back to the entire conversion funnel and looking at that and going step by step to figure out what does that conversion rate look like from step to step and what influences each step of the conversion funnel and what can you do to optimize it so that's where we're going today so we're going to start at the top of the funnel which starts at getting people to go from the front end of your website to the booking engine, right? So you're looking at visits to room search. That's the first thing theoretically that you want people to do is do a room search, right? So first you need to entice them. You need to wine and dine them a little bit on the front end of your website. And that's where we look at all the things that we want to draw visitors into and make sure that all the things are usable on your website. Like, is your navigation easy? Oh, is it mobile friendly? Should we talk about that? Do we still need to talk about that in 2021? I think it's worth mentioning, but I don't think we need to harp on it. If if your website isn't mobile friendly and it isn't easy to reach the booking engine from a mobile device, you're doing it wrong. 
and you need to give Travel Boom a call. Exactly. We want to make sure that if you're using a search widget of some kind, that it is easy to find and it's on all of the pages. It's not just on the home page. You might want to think about testing. We're going to talk about testing a lot in this episode. You might want to test like having a, a widget locked to the top. So when people scroll down, that that widget is always visible on the page. But again, test it to see if that's something that works or doesn't work better for your website. We want to make sure that you, all of your photography and your videos are fantastic, that you're showcasing what is, what is it about your property that's unique to you. All those things that we've talked about uh, throughout the last 179 episodes of, or 189 episodes of this podcast. So I want to, I want to add one thing to this, Melissa. Yeah. Um, since this is bringing people into your website and getting them into the booking engine, one thing that we didn't have on here originally that we, we need to add is making sure everything loads quickly, becomes interactive quickly, uh, and you don't make people wait because if they have to wait too long, we know they're going to bounce back to the search results, likely end up on an OTA that does load quickly. Um, so th that's, a, that's another big part of this is you know, if you want someone to get to the booking engine, you have to give them something to click on and you better do it quickly. That's so true. You know, and I would add in one more thing too, is when you're going through and doing testing or you're reviewing the whole process yourself, have other people look at it as well. I mean, this is a great place for using like a third party user testing service because a lot of times you may know how to get to your booking engine and you can do it in a fraction of a second. And watching somebody else who's never been to your site stumble through the process can be so enlightening where while it's not, you know, actionable data in terms of analytics, it's incredibly helpful in terms of understanding where those little speed bumps might be and everything you can do to smooth those out is going to help improve that process. Yeah. yeah. And even if you, if you can't, if you don't have the means to pay for user testing, not that it's expensive, but you know, just ask a family member, friends or family members to, you know, if you're, if, if you're out and, and hanging out, say, Hey, go to my website and do this action and watch them do it for yourself on, on their phone, because that's where most of the visits happen. Just, just watching that outside of, outside of desktop, watching someone do it on mobile and viewing it for yourself is, is so enlightening. Good idea. So that's the first step. So when you're looking at the conversion rate, we've talked about, if you go back a few podcast episodes ago, uh, where we talked about setting up goals for your analytics, we know that you already have this set up. You have a goal set up for people getting into the booking engine so you can see that conversion rate right in your analytics. Uh, but what you're looking at when you're looking at that conversion rate is basically one, the usability and the aesthetic properties of the front end of the website and how well that that is performing. So that is step one. All right. Now you're, you've, you've done a great job on the front end of the website. You've got all these people that have entered your booking engine and now they've performed a room search and now they need to make a room selection. That's the next step of the funnel. And I know this sounds really basic, but we really do need to break down like what, 
comes into play in each part of this funnel. Well, so, it sounds basic, but we've seen so many times a lot of these basics, uh, best practices be left out. So that's why we're pointing it out to you. So when you go through your own funnel, if you're missing these things, that's what you need to be looking for. Yeah, if you literally, this is the biggest bottleneck that we see in the process of you know if you can get qualified people to your website, if you can qualify, get qualified people quickly into the room search, this is the place where people start bouncing out because typically you've done a better job optimizing your website than your booking engine provider has done optimizing the booking process. One is a process for someone to purchase something. Whereas the other one is more of a shopping process and a discovery process. And we do need to do a better job with that discovery process and getting them quickly into rooms that they want. And a lot of times booking engines don't always do the best at that specifically. So in my humble opinion, there are three things in play at this point when people are trying to make a room selection. One is pricing, right? We know that's always going to be important. One is availability because, you know, you can't book a room if it's not available. And then the third thing is the ease of use of the booking engine. So we start a price. Obviously, this is pretty basic. Um, you know, if if people get to their room results and they're going to quickly determine at that point, am I in or am I out? Am I going further down this funnel or not? Can I make, you know, just trying to figure out what room fits their price range, if any rooms fit their price range at this point. So, you know, that's the most basic thing at this point. And people could at this point say, you know what, um, this isn't for me right now. It's maybe not the right price range for me and they could leave your website. But you know what you could do if they do that, if you've been really good about collecting first party data, you could retarget them. How? Well, there's a number of ways. One, if you've collected an email address, you could send them an abandonment email. Or if you've got all the pixel tracking that maybe you should have to retarget them through, say, a Google ad or a Facebook ad, you could retarget them that way. Yeah, and if, if your booking engine lives on your website, you can just easily set up an audience to know when someone has made it to said page but didn't go any further. So. There's, there's, there's a couple ways to accomplish this. All right. So the next thing, obviously, is availability. And I can't tell you how many booking engines do this poorly. The last thing you want to do is, let's say you have no availability for a specific date range. The, the worst thing that you can do is just show them literally nothing. <laughs> because there's one a possibility that maybe your consumer has some flexible dates and they could maybe move their vacation a day or two back or a day or two forward when maybe there is availability but they don't know that where it just says sorry you're you know up a creek without a paddle right now <laughs> and actually it doesn't say that it just says nothing um so giving the user something else to do if there is no availability either showing them a different room type or again if you have um some availability calendars below the results that would say this is when we do have availability that would be super fantastic but again that is fully dependent upon your booking engine's functionality and, and i want to add to this it also depends on how you actually configure everything within the PMS, either for your default rate or 
more specifically for special rates. So a lot of times people will say we're coming up towards say 4th of July and you have a package that starts on X date and ends on Y date. And if somebody has a arrival date that is two days before or even on the date of the special, but if they extend beyond the special for one or two days, typically a booking engine will return that there's no availability. Not because there's actually not availability, but because it ends up crossing rate codes. So make sure that your system and your, your revenue management team and everybody else is smart enough to realize that if I need to book across multiple rate codes, then I'm able to do so, even if that means setting a rack rate or default rate for days on either end of a special. So letting someone still use that special, but understanding that the days prior to and after are loaded and are at your, your best available rate anyway. Because if, if someone comes in and says, oh, look, there's no availability for 4th of July, people don't try hard enough and they don't care about you enough to keep trying. They're just going to leave and go somewhere else. Or right. they're going to find your same property and book it on OTA. And worst case scenario, right? <clears throat> if you can have your booking engine display, uh, there may still be availability. Please call front desk, whatever. Call call center number. Um that is that is obviously worst case scenario because you're losing the attribution and you're you know lose you don't understand if that person booked or not but you could still snag that booking which at the end of the day is is what you're trying to accomplish for your bottom line. Yes, that's very true. Never forget to add a phone number for whatever reason when there's an issue on the booking engine and no rooms are are turn, returned. Speaking of which, ease of use of your booking engine. I cannot emphasize this more, but trying to help the consumer make a room decision when you could have, I mean, we have clients that have 20 plus room types. To go through that process of scrolling and scrolling and trying to figure out what room is suitable for their stay is really not an easy process. So giving the consumer the ability to sort and to filter by things that are important, like, for example, the number of people that it sleeps, or maybe it's a square footage, or literally number of beds or number of bathrooms, depending on what kind of property you are and the types of rooms you have, is really important to, to make that decision process easier for the consumer because the last thing you want them to do is be overwhelmed and just be abandoned and abandon the site just because they're simply overwhelmed by making a decision and yeah, i don't give that, them or go ahead phil i was gonna say don't give your user analysis paralysis it is so much easier for them to go to an ota where that, that we know it doesn't happen because they perfected their booking process you cannot you cannot crush them with too many decisions. Make it easy for them to make a decision. I also really like some booking engines, <clears throat> field booking engine, allows you to select multiple room types and then compare them side by side, which I think can be really helpful. I was just on a website today um, that doesn't have a ton of room types, but one room type was called Ocean View, and another one was called Premier Ocean View. And for the life of me, and again, I consider myself a relatively intelligent person, I couldn't figure out what the difference was between these two room types. What's, what's your best guess, Melissa? 
It took me a while because I had to go back and forth between reading the descriptions, which How, were did very you figure it out? similar. One is a higher, like they're on higher levels of the hotel. So that's the premiere because you're higher up. That would have been my guess. Yeah. And, and I would say, look at your room inventory there and just in general and understand, is it worth having a jillion room types? Because what you can do is you can do that via different ways of, would you like to upgrade to a higher floor? You can make different changes to that booking process to not make it so confusing. Because in Melissa's case, you had two different prop units. They seem exactly the same. She has to stop that conversion process to figure out this problem that you put in her lap that was not necessary. You should have had them book, book a unit or get through the process and say, wait a minute, did you know that you can stay on you know, a higher floor for just a few dollars more and then upgrade them that way? Yeah, so, or, or just as simple as a description, right? That if, would if, you so told, if you told Melissa right away, Premiere is floors X through X, whatever. That's, that's, that's all you need to do. Yep. People understand that, but that's the ease of use factor. Don't make them go looking. Yeah, and the other thing I'd add to just ease of use in general is understand that that booking process is not always a linear process. People are going to go are bouncing back and forth between the site, the booking engine, area information, whatever it might be. So make sure that if your booking engine's on your domain, that you're setting the proper cookies for their arrival and departure date and not require them to enter them every time they enter that booking process. That's one of those things that it really should be set and defaulted to every time the person comes to the website, right up through either the expiration of that date window or the person's successful booking. Good tips, Pete. All righty. All right, moving on to the next step of the funnel, which may or may not pertain to your property and or booking engine. So let's assume that you did a great job of displaying your rooms and somebody made a decision. So now we're on the next step, which could be a place where you try to upsell additional services, such as tickets to a show or breakfast or a spa package or any number of those things. This is definitely a step that I highly recommend testing. One, where it's placed. Two, whether it needs to be there at all. And or three, if it's better served in a post-confirmation email where you try to upsell. So just throwing all that out there. But so this would be the next step. Um, and obviously you want to make sure that this step is one, it's there if you're going to use it, but you also want to make it easy to buy. I hate to say this, but if people aren't interested in purchasing anything at this point, you want to make it easy for them to get past the step and get that credit card information in your hands. Yeah, you can hit the second wallet later if you need to. Uh, if, the, if they've bypassed this, you can, this is, this is where you can hit them with a follow-up email. But if you're making this available, um, like Melissa said, make it bypassable, but also follow the steps we told you earlier. Uh, make it easy to understand, make, make the pricing available, uh, make availability for the dates they've already chosen. Uh, known can they actually use additional services like say it's a you know like a, a, you're going to book a kayaking trip well don't make that available in in winter time no one's going to do that Th those type of things so just be be smart about these additional services as well 
And understand that also it's going to show up on the final summary page as the overall cost of their room. Even if they've opted for valet service, for the kayaks, for champagne on check-in, when they look at the total price, that's what they're going to be buying for that accommodation. So a lot of times it may make more sense to have fewer additional services during checkout. But like Phil said, hit that second wallet after checkout or after the the booking to make sure that you're able to, one, get that person to actually commit to their stay and then slowly increase their, their spend with you after the fact. Because yeah. it, it gets expensive and people forget that you know, you may be spending, let's say, 150 a night, but if you add $100 worth of added value to that, all of a sudden they may think that that in room is too expensive for them, even though they've added the things that push them to that limit. Yeah, make make those things easy to bypass, easy to remove, and you can you can attack that later if you need to. Yep. All right. So now we're on to what's basically the final step theoretically, which is you're at the form where the client has to put in all their information or some of their information. We don't know yet. Uh, so on this booking form where you're hopefully going to get that credit card and get them to push that button to book, this is, again, this is possibly the most critical step. If you lose that, if you've gotten them this far and then they bail because your booking form is so cumbersome You've literally left money on the table for no good reason. You've got to, this is a, a step that really needs to be tested and, and tested and tested and tested because you want to make sure that whatever is absolutely mandatory, and please don't collect information here that isn't mandatory. If you're not going to use it, don't put one more step in there that somebody has to fill out just for the sake of filling it out. So make sure that anything is mandatory that is clearly marked as mandatory. You don't want them, you don't want the consumer to, you know, submit the button and then they end up not booking because they got an error message and then they have to figure out what wasn't completed correctly. Make sure all that stuff is marked clearly. Yeah, and if you if you're going to collect things that aren't necessarily mandatory like the what's your reason for staying box um, which is a good thing to know. I mean, it helps your front desk understand why the person's there. It can make a more personable experience when they show up. But you don't require it. Put optional very clearly right there so the person knows they can skip right past it. They don't want to fill that out. Yeah. And, and understand that like once the person's made the booking, they are going to be so willing to share everything about their vacation with you. They're not going to, be, they're not going to have those walls up that they build to protect themselves from the booking. Once those walls are down, you can ask them a lot of information. There's really no limit on the number of communications that you can have with that guest between the booking and the stay. But I would also say that while you're going through that process, understand that they're not gonna be necessarily on a desktop when they're making this booking. It could be on a phone and most likely will be on a phone. So make sure that the Things that make iPhones or Android so great, which is the autofill, actually work on your booking form. Nothing's more frustrating, at least for me, when I can't just pre-select Pete DeMeo and just go right through the whole process. Most importantly, on that credit card field, make sure that if I have my phone, my credit card saved in my on Apple, that I can just choose use Pete's credit card 
and it filled the information out. Otherwise, I have to leave and go find my card in my wallet, which I haven't used in forever. And, and interest you us in all those numbers on your phone with your tiny little buttons with your big thumbs. Yep. Good point. I was and I was going to say and 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 we are well aware that not all booking engines offer this. We're well aware that switching your booking engine isn't always the easiest thing in the world. Uh, but if you're listening to this right now and 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 you hear us and you're saying that, oh man, my booking engine does none of this. Well, you know, maybe it's time to switch and we are definitely here to help you find a booking engine that, that suits you. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add this to this as well. When you look at who the your customer is, your customer is the guest that stays at the property. That customer is not your booking engine's customer. You are. So if you're listening to your customer complain and you're not passing it up the food chain to the booking engine, they don't necessarily know. So all hoteliers, I think in general, need to be more on point with this and make sure that their technology providers and everyone else sees the pain points that the guest sees so they can work on fixing that. If you don't tell them, they don't know. And at that point, you're really the only person at fault there. And Pete, I'm going to take that a step further because this isn't a customer complaint time. You're not going to hear, man, your booking process on your website sucked from somebody who left to go book somewhere else. You're just not going to hear it. It's you going in and looking at your data, understanding your data, and understanding where and when people are backing out of your booking process that you need to take that hard data to your booking engine and, and show them, and that's when you can get changes made. See, and you guys are calling me Pastor Pete. I don't know. That's, Phil's preaching there. I'm preaching. <laughs> Okay, one other uh, item to look at is exactly where you are conveying to your consumer what the total price of the stay is. Now, we've seen people test this, and I recommend you test it too. So if you show your room results with taxes and fees included, way back two or three steps ago, that's one thing versus if they're first seeing the taxes and fees on this form and they're like, oh, whoa, this is way more money than I thought it was going to be because our resort fee is $300 or some ridiculous thing. But I'm not, and I'm not saying one way is right and one way is wrong. And when you test it, you're going to see differences. Obviously, if you have more of the upfront costs in that room results, you're gonna see a bigger drop off there versus if you see it in the, you know, on this booking form. The important thing is, is to figure out overall, what is the conversion rate? Because it's gonna flip flop based on where those, uh, those fees are shown. So just be aware of that. I do recommend testing it and seeing what overall brings your conversion rate up. You're gonna see a drop in the conversion rate in one way or the other when you flip flop them but it's important to realize that. Some other little things like perhaps you have a lowest rate guarantee, which would be great if you do, so that people know that, hey, I can't just go to Expedia and book this for a lower rate. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm gonna this stop you there for a second. Oh, why? Because if you're listening to this and you don't have a lowest rate guarantee, I would prefer you just pause the podcast and make one immediately because it's one of those things where you've done all this marketing. I mean, think about all the effort and money that you've invested in the conversion funnel up to this point. If you haven't 
convinced your customer and committed to your customer that you're giving them the best deal, they are going to leave. They do not have the allegiance to you that you think, and they're going to find the best rate. Even if it's staying at your property for $10 less, you don't want to lose them at this process. So have a best rate guarantee and make sure it's it's something that you can put your name behind. You look around, make sure you have either price parity or you're better through across the board because to me that's like one of those things that's unacceptable for a hotel you're not to have. Absolutely. So this is again a great place to remind people that you do have a low rate guarantee. Now we can talk about some a little controversial stuff. Maybe controversial isn't the right word, but loyalty programs or membership logins. So if you're forcing a visitor to create an account right now in order for them to make that booking, chances are that's a mistake. You want to allow them to make that booking and then prompt them afterwards to quote unquote become a member or a loyalty person or whatever that case might be. Don't make it difficult for them to make that booking. Whatever, obviously, we want to collect that data. You want them to become loyal or a member of your, you know, membership club, but you don't want it at the cost of literally losing the booking because there's too much stuff for them to fill in. So, tip there. Then the other thing to think about is knowing how much information you need to collect on this booking form. Another thing that you could possibly test is breaking this down into two steps. Do you have one page with just the you know name and address information and then the second page is the credit card information or do you make it all on one page? So I don't have a concrete answer for you on that. You need to test that for yourself and see what version works best for you or even if your booking engine will allow you to do that at all, if you have any say at all on that. So there's that. All right. Congratulations. Your consumer made a booking. You're done, right? Woohoo, finally. <laughs> no, oh, there's you're funny. more. Wait, there's more. You have a confirmation page, right? Some important things need to be on this confirmation page. You need to make the most of this confirmation page. One, if you didn't upsell them before, now could be a good time to do that if you wanted to try that. Two, you might want to include like all your FAQs on your confirmation page. If you have a mobile app, you might want to promote it here because, you know, that's a good place to do that. An easy, and, easy link, easy clickable link to go download and get you into the App Store to or Google Play Store to download that app. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. This this should be more than just a confirmation number and a, a, a dollar amount on this page. This is your opportunity to convey a lot of information, important information. So don't lose that opportunity. Yeah, this is the page that gets printed out. This is the page that gets screenshot email to friends, you want to start that second wallet sale right here. You make sure they understand everything about the booking, but then also what are the next steps and lead that guest right through their stay. Yeah, tell them to be looking out for future communications via their email. Expect, you know, set the expectation that they're going to, they're going to see more information coming from you about their stay, um, about the time that they're visiting, all of that good stuff. And 
when you want to really dig down and analyze that funnel, go back a couple episodes and go listen to episode 178 for the top three Google Analytics goals for hotel websites. Go listen to that pronto. Awesome. Well, very, very cool. That is a whole bunch of information. I think you've thoroughly deconstructed that hotel conversion funnel. Or I've thoroughly confused all of our listeners again. E- either one, if uh, they're listening to new people anyway. So technically, we're, we're all travel boom now. So so they're already confused and they're already off, off foot. And then you just pushed them over completely. That's right. My job here is done. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, hey, that was episode 190 or episode one, whichever way you want to use your numerology. And I think we've, we're off to a good start. Episode one, this is, I'll tell you this though, Melissa, this episode one is better than our official episode one. Oh, our official episode one was just a whole other thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was trash. <laughs> but it, it's not trash anymore. And this new episode one, starting with Travel Boom, is amazing. Well, hey, Melissa, this was the episode and it was awesome. But where can they find more about you? You can find me on LinkedIn or I am on Clubhouse an awful lot at Melissa Kavanaugh, K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. All right. How about you, Phil? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Phil Fariska, F-O-R-I-S-K-A. All right. And you can find me at Pete DeMeo on LinkedIn or Clubhouse, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. You can find us collectively at TravelBoomMarketing.com. You can follow along for the show notes on this one at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 190. And yeah, so so there you go. That was the hotel marketing this week. But again, don't be sad because we'll be back next week for more news, tips, and guides to help you become the best independent hotelier you can be. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. And let's have some fun. So, Melissa, you know how you always say that there's another thing to write on your tombstone? Yes. What do you call a typo on a tombstone? What? A grave mistake. (laughs) 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 That's the best one. That's awesome.